This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown. I am your host, Elise. Today we're diving into the latest headlines from around AT&T Stadium. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, GameTime, for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for the best place to find Dallas Cowboys tickets or tickets to any sporting event, uh, concert, comedy show, or other uh, relevant events, check out Game Time today. Use the link in the description and help support the channel. Now on to our first topic. These are eight things we learned about the Cowboys during the 2022 regular season. The Cowboys are headed to the playoffs despite their horrid Week 18 loss to the Washington Commanders and are set to head to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the wildcard round. Now that the regular season has concluded, it's time to go over what we learned about this team through 18 weeks. There were ups and downs, plenty of them to get through, so let's get started. Starting at number one, we underestimated what this team was capable of. Prior to this season, several media outlets and internet personalities expected the Cowboys to be average. I, for one, can admit that I didn't expect them to go into the playoffs. I would always see predictions of eight or nine wins for this team, and many Dallas fans expected it as well. Don't get me wrong. The players this team lost warranted some of this talk. Amari Cooper being shipped to Cleveland was just one part of the reason. While losing Randy Gregory and trading Leal Collins were big factors as well. However, it seems people focused too much on what was lost rather than what was left. The team still had stars everywhere and other serviceable players as well. Now this team has at least 12 wins for the second straight season and are in the playoffs. Number two, Tony Pollard needs to be extended. Perhaps the most electric player on offense, Tony Pollard really broke out this year as the Cowboys' primary running back. In 16 games, Pollard had over 1,000 yards rushing and almost 400 yards receiving. What is most impressive about Pollard is that he was able to be almost as efficient as last season with over 60 more carries and a much higher usage rate. Despite the many more touches, he still stayed above 5 yards per carry, which ranks as one of the highest in the league with at least 100 carries. The front office finally seemed willing to turn to Pollard to become the lead back, and it paid off big time. He gave a different dimension to this offense, played a pivotal role in its success. Meanwhile, Ezekiel Elliott found a lot of success as the goal line back as well. I understand people will be hesitant to give another running back a second contract. But with Elliott's contract potentially coming off the books after the season, they have the money to do it. Even if they can franchise tag him, they would certainly they would certainly miss his explosiveness next year. 
Number three, the team needs to keep Cooper Rush around. The Cowboys seem to have another solid player in the quarterback room. Backing up Prescott for the past few years, Cooper Rush did a very good job of holding down the fort for number four while he nursed a broken thumb. In Prescott's absence, Rush led the team to a 4-1 record as a starter, and for the most part, kept the ball away from harm's way. Aside from his three interceptions against the Eagles, he threw none in the other four games. Rush was by no means great, but he did a good job as being a placeholder for Prescott. He helped keep the team afloat, and nothing more. He had an unimpressive 58.4 completion percentage and only five touchdowns in five games, but he took care of the football. This is worth bringing him back for the future, as long as he's not looking for a major payday. Rush is one of the better backups in the league and proved he can be serviceable when called upon. You gotta keep him around, Jerry. Keep him around. Number four, Dak Prescott is still a top-tier quarterback. Yes, this one is going to ruffle some feathers, especially with this final performance of the season. However, it is so easy to tell just how much better this offense is with him from the surface and when you really dive into it. Prior to the final week of the season, the lowest amount of points the offense scored after Prescott's return from injury was 24, which was against the Lions, his first game back. For context, the team only scored above 23 points once, and it was just 25 points against the Commanders. Now, I already know people are going to point to the interception numbers. However, there have been seven interceptions deemed not turnover-worthy, according to PFF. To, t- to translate, that means seven of Prescott's interceptions this year have been the result of tip passes, drops by receivers, etc. He does have his bad throws, and he has made some bad decisions that result in turnovers. He's been a lot more aggressive this year than in years past. However, there is no denying that this offense is best within my quarterback, and he still plays at a high level. He just needs to be more careful about where he decides to throw. Number five, C.D. Lamb came into number one form. One of the biggest questions coming into the season is if C.D. Lamb will break out as the top receiver most expected him to be. After the Cooper trade, it was evident the team was banking on just that, and it paid off. Whether it was the right move to move on from Cooper is up for debate, but I don't know if we would have seen this jump from Lamb with him in the offense. Lamb found a ton of success this year, totaling over 100 catches, 1,300 receiving yards, and 8 touchdowns in the regular season. Lamb certainly looked like the receiver media members expected him to be coming out of college, and that was much needed this year with the rest of the receiving group underachieving in the season. He consistently was the best receiver in every game for the Cowboys this year. Last season, Lamb didn't take a small step, but this year was something we haven't seen since Des Bryant's prime. He gave Prescott a guy who he could target 10 plus times a game and get consistent production out of, which is something the offense desperately needed this year. Number six, Micah Parsons' rookie season was no fluke. Excuse me. While there weren't too many skeptics, some wondered if Parsons was a bit overhyped after his impressive rookie season. Some rookies find immediate success because of the lack of film on them, so teams can, can't game plan against them. However, this proved Parsons is the real deal. After recording 13 sacks in year one, he did even better in year two with 13.5. He also had around 90 pressures on the year, which is among the league's best and increased from 67 the year before. Parsons was yet again the engine of this defense, which had one of the best pass rushes of any team this year, 
Having split time between linebacker and defensive end makes it that much more impressive. Number 11 somehow took another step from his rookie year and is no doubt in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Parsons solidified himself this year as not only one of the best defenders, but one of the best players in the NFL. And number 7, Mike McCarthy has been criticized too much. One of the people who is the target of much criticism when it comes to the Cowboys' shortcomings is head coach Mike McCarthy. After an unfortunate first season as head coach, which is headlined by Prescott's ankle injury, he bounced back to lead his team to a 12-5 record and a division title. However, a first-round playoff exit was all anybody could talk about when it came to McCarthy, and that caused major speculation on his job security. Coming into this season, it seemed as if this was a make-or-break year for this former Super Bowl winner. After all the talk about how the Cowboys were not going to the playoffs this year, and their starting quarterback was out for five games of the season, McCarthy led this this team to yet another double-digit win season and a ticket to the playoffs. There are some things McCarthy can be better at. He's not perfect. However, the locker room has his back. They play for him, and when he was at the helm of what was supposed to be a lost season after Prescott's injury, which turned out to be a 12-win season. And number eight, the front office still has some work to do. This team has its stars, I've stated before, but in other key positions, they just aren't holding up and are holding this team back. This is true on both sides of the ball, and the two biggest positions are very similar, wide receiver and cornerback. At wide receiver, number 88 has been fantastic. There's no doubt about that. However, the rest of the group has just not lived up to expectations. Michael Gallup shows up every couple games and disappears in the rest. Noah Brown played well, but has some big-time drop issues. Meanwhile, James Washington didn't produce anything and was cut. Jalen Tolbert has barely seen the field, and T.Y. Hilton was brought in and done a solid job over the past couple weeks. There is no consistency with that group, and they need help. The cornerback group has been decimated by injuries, with Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis both having season-ending surgeries. Even with them in the fold, the group still needs help, especially with some contracts expiring after this year. Let us know your take in the comment section below. What are some things you've kind of discovered about the Cowboys after this season? Let us know. Is there something we got wrong, something we got right? Let us know in the comment section below. And as always, give us a thumbs up if you like our video. And hit that subscribe button. And now on to our next topic. While some are critical of Monday night's game, it could be a scheduling blessing for the Cowboys. Week 18 came and went. That's really all that there is to say about that. No more beating a dead horse and focusing on the past. The real season starts now and the Cowboys are in the playoffs. This was the ultimate goal all along, right? Maybe a higher seed or home game. But no one ever said that the playoffs are easy. The Dallas Cowboys traveled to take on the Buccaneers in the finale of Super Wild Card Weekend on Monday Night Football. This game drew primetime coverage and will have the eyes of America on it. It's America's team. It's Tom Brady. It's all that the NFL could ask for. And that is why some Cowboy fans are rather upset with the league. There seems to be noise on social media that the NFL is trying to 
screw the Cowboys or plot against them by making them play Monday night. The gripe is that they will be forced to play their divisional round game on a short week. Well, as math may have it, and as I will explain, that can easily be proven mathematically wrong. Playing Monday night could very well be a blessing for the Cowboys for a multitude of reasons. First things first, let's look at how it provides great benefits to them this week. One more day of rest, prep, and game plan to take on Tom Brady is not the NFL hating the Cowboys, but rather a small blessing to prepare their best game plan yet. The Cowboys played Sunday and will now get the full complement of seven days before they take the field again. That is an extra, that's an entire extra day to prepare for Tom Brady to work out some disastrously bad offensive issues and to enjoy an extra 24 hours to heal any bumps and bruises. Micah Parsons, Jaren Kyrus, and Leighton Vanderesh are three cogs on defense that benefit greatly due to this extra day. The extra day also allows for defensive coordinator Dan Quinn to prepare for Tom Brady, the best to ever do it. Trust me, this is immensely important. On the flip side, it gives Dak Prescott and the offense one more day to figure things out, as there is no more rehearsals. It is go time, and there isn't a next week if things go south, so this extra day needs to be used to fix the offense. Now let's dive into that math. Before we do that though, griping about a divisional round schedule this early is rather ambitious. Cowboys can't uh, worry about their second playoff game unless they win the first. Anyhow, with the Cowboys playing Monday night, a win would guarantee them a Sunday divisional round game. That means that they would get six days off. I'm no college professor, but that, per my finger math, that's the exact same amount of time between the team playing this Sunday and them playing in the Saturday divisional round game. Believe it or not, the NFL is not conspiring against the Cowboys by giving them less potential rest time. As stated, none of this will matter if they can't take Brady down, who maintains a perfect 7-0 record against Dallas. The extra day of rest, prep, and gearing up for the opening playoff game seems well worth the trade-off, that is. Getting the exact same rest every other team would get in the next round. One extra day to prep, game plan, and work out glaring issues on offense is no conspiracy by the league to screw Dallas, but rather a hidden blessing in disguise, as Dallas fights to make a deep playoff run. Now on to our next topic. There are three players that must step up for the Cowboys to make a deep playoff run. The Dallas Cowboys are set to play on wildcard weekend for the second straight season and second time under coach Mike McCarthy. Last season, the Cowboys lost a heartbreaker to the 49ers at home 23-17 in the first round. A slight favorite heading to the game, Dallas failed to execute their game plan and come out on top. Zekia Elliott and Tony Pollard only had a combined 16 carries for 45 yards in the game, and CeeDee Lamb just caught just one ball for 21 yards. Dak Prescott also threw for just 250 yards with one touchdown and one interception. But what Prescott and the team will most remember in that matchup was how they lost. With Dallas failing to spike the ball on a quarterback draw as the clock expired, the Cowboys were sent home without a chance to try and win the game. This year, the Cowboys are hoping for a different result, and they'll have their hands full against Brady and the Buccaneers on the road. Tampa Bay has surely gotten the better of the Cowboys over the past two seasons, losing their most recent meetings in Week 1 in 2021 and 2022. However, America's team comes into this meeting as the better all-around team. In Week 1, Dallas did not look like a playoff team after scoring just three points, 
but since Prescott's return from injury, the Cowboys' offense has been lethal. They rank second in points per game, and the team has scored 40-plus points in five of their last nine games. The matchup against Brady is one of the Cowboys probably wanted to avoid in the first round. Currently, he's 7-0 in his career against Dallas. But the Cowboys have what it takes to send the Buccaneers home. Their offense has been red hot, and their defense has been one of the best this season. But those sides of the ball have the potential to carry the team deep into the playoffs. Dallas has shown glimpses of that in the regular season this year. They've beaten playoff teams like the Eagles, Vikings, Giants, and Bengals en route to a 13-win season. But the Cowboys will need certain players to step up big time and help the team make that deep playoff run. Number three is Micah Parsons. There's no doubt that Parsons is an elite defender and one of the best pass rushers in the game, and his presence on the field is literally unmatched. Remember late in the Jacksonville game, the Jaguars' left tackle got flagged twice for a false start on back-to-back plays with Parsons' leg dump on his side? His ability to impact games whenever on the field makes him a superstar in the league. But in the postseason, Parsons has to step up on a whole new level for the defense. Recently, the second-year edge rusher has been quiet in terms of his production on the field as he deals with injuries. Parsons has just one sack, one tackle for loss, 13 tackles, and five quarterback hits over his last five games. In the five games before that, from Week 7 to Week 12, he had six sacks, five tackles for loss, 24 tackles, two forced fumbles, and nine quarterback hits. At 245 pounds, Parsons is extremely undersized on the edge. And talked about that in a podcast episode with Vaughn Miller last month. Despite his size, though, his athleticism makes him almost unguardable at the line. The former Penn State star ranks top five in sacks, pressures, and hurries. But the Cowboys are going to need Parsons to be a star in the playoffs, especially to help a Dallas defense that has just three sacks over its last five contests before the Washington game. If Parsons can come out and have a two or three sack game against the Buccaneers in the wild card round, it's going to be big for the Cowboys. Number two, Nashawn Wright. It looks like the Cowboys have their cornerback room set after Kelvin Joseph was benched a couple weeks ago. Trayvon Diggs and Wright will handle the outside duties, while Deron Bland will stay in the slot. That means Diggs and Wright will be responsible for uh, Evans, Jones, and Bland will try to lock down Chris Godwin. Diggs has been Diggs this season and made his second straight Pro Bowl. And while Bland is still a rookie, he has made an immediate impact on the team with his five interceptions. He's been a solid replacement after Jordan Lewis went down with an injury. But the second outside cornerback position has been hard for the Cowboys to find after Anthony Brown's season-ending injury. With Joseph out of the picture, Wright has to step up. He played a season-high 47 snaps in the win against the Titans in Week 17. Excuse me. The second-year corner has to use his size and physicality to make plays on the outside. Wright did secure his first interception of the season in Tennessee, but also allowed 105 yards on seven catches in that same contest. The Cowboys can't afford to have the second cornerback spot become a liability in the secondary. If that's the case, Dallas could be in trouble and be sent packing. But if Wright can come into his own and keep trending up for the Cowboys, that would be huge for the team's Super Bowl aspirations. Of course, number one, Dak Prescott. At this point, 
Everyone knows that the quarterback position is the most important in football. Almost all the time, your quarterback will carry you through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. In recent years, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady have all had big postseasons to carry their teams to the Super Bowl. And if the Cowboys want any shot at a ring this season, Prescott is going to have to take over. Prescott has struggled with turnovers this season, 14 interceptions on the year, and two picks in five games. It's part of his game that the seventh-year quarterback has to clean up in the playoffs. Of course, there has been instances when some of his interceptions were not his fault. For example, in Week 10, against the Packers Lamb and Dalton Schultz were in the wrong routes. And in Week 17, the ball hit off of uh, Peyton Hendershot's hands for a Titans interception. Hendershot literally bobbled the pass into the arms of the Titans. Prescott surely has the skill and weapons around him to help Dallas make a deep playoff run this season. He's done a fantastic job of coming back from injury and leading one of the best offenses in the National Football League. Yes, the interceptions are frustrating at times, but he's still getting it done for the Cowboys and helping them win games. Prescott only has one, only has won one postseason game in his career so far. And if the Cowboys want to make a deep run in the playoffs, he has to be at the top of his game. Cooper Rush did help the team win games earlier this season, but no player is more important to the team than their franchise quarterback. And now, our next topic. We're going to give you our odds and prediction for Wild Card Weekend for the Cowboys against the Buccaneers. It's settled. The Cowboys and the Buccaneers will fulfill the prophecy and meet in the playoffs on Wild Card Weekend. This matchup has been written in the stars for the last month of the regular season, and it came to fruition after Dallas lost to Washington in Week 18. Though some believe Mike McCarthy's squad didn't play with the desired urgency after they found out the Giants were resting their starters against the Eagles. You can certainly argue this is an unfortunate turn of events by the Cowboys. Everybody and their mother would presumably rather play the 13-win Vikings which Dallas steamrolled in Minnesota earlier this season. Then a Buccaneers team that finished below 500 and looked out of sorts all year. The reason for that? Well, Tampa Bay, for all of its deficiencies, has the consensus greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. And their skilled position players, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, and Rashad White, chief among them, could cause headaches for the Cowboys' defense. Long story short, this has the makings to be the game of wildcard weekend, which explains why it's scheduled for Monday night. So per fan duels and betting odds, the Cowboys open up as three-point favorites against the Buccaneers, meaning they're one of two road favorites for the wildcard round. The Chargers, minus 2.5 against the Jaguars, are the other road favorites. Dallas, meanwhile, is minus 105 to cover the number, while Tampa is minus 115. In terms of the money line, the Cowboys are minus 152 to win outright. The Bucks have a plus 128 odds to win outright. Based on how Dallas looked in Week 18, you can count on a lot of money betting Tampa on the money line. The over-under is set at 45.5 points, with the over at minus 105, and the under checking in at minus 115. Say what you will about the Vikings being frauds, but the Buccaneers are the worst team among the NFC division winners. That's just a fact. They finished under 500 during the regular season, and their signature win came all the way back in Week 1 
against none other than Dallas. They came up short against playoff teams in the Ravens, Chiefs, Bengals, and 49ers and needed to beat the Kyler Murray-less Cardinals in overtime and engineer a second-half comeback versus Carolina in Week 16 and 17 to keep their playoff hopes alive. Yes, Tom Brady is capable of flipping a switch in the playoffs, but let's not lose sight of the fact that this is a deeply flawed Buccaneers team. The Cowboys aren't perfect either, but they aren't the team we saw in Week 18. As long as Prescott and company bring their B to A game, they should send the GOAT packing. Our prediction is Cowboys 24, Buccaneers 20. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered in the comment section below. Give us your prediction for a wildcard weekend on Monday night. Do you see the Cowboys moving on? Or do you think the Cowboys will be forced to go home? As always, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us coffee at buymecoffee.com slash thebigd. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring new hosts, be able to pay them, and hopefully one day take this show on the road and eventually interview some former players and current players. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lees. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, the Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.